welcome to Teachers Supporting Teachers. This is a podcast sharing insights into being and becoming a teacher. So I'm your host, Narelle Lemon. I'm an Associate Professor in Education at Swinburne University of Technology in Melbourne, Australia. And I'm curious and love to use this strength to find out more. So what better way to support others than to create this podcast series to be able to gain insights and perspectives from colleagues and friends. So in this series, series six of Teachers Supporting Teachers, we're doing something different again. Series six is an international collaboration. We're working across multiple universities in Australia and Malaysia, and we want to enable Australian and Malaysian pre-service teachers to be heard, for their voices to be listened to about what it's been like for them to train to become a teacher during a global pandemic. We have the overarching theme of well-being as future teachers, becoming a teacher during a pandemic. And we ask the questions such as, what does well-being mean to us, to you, to me? What does it look like, feel like and sound like? What's worked? What hasn't? What have we learnt from others? Where have there been surprises in our own personal and professional growth? What new wellbeing practices have emerged? What does it mean to be a compassionate educator at this time? So enjoy this series as we glean lots of different perspectives and international perspective on what it means to become a teacher during the pandemic. second episode in our series that looks at local, global and international stories of becoming a teacher during the pandemic. In this episode, we have a very special conversation that occurs between Susan and two pre-service teachers, Sharon and Aini. Now, this conversation is located in Kota Samarahan at the IPG Institute, and we're talking about teaching virtually in Kachin, Sarawak, Malaysia, and reflecting on the teaching practice in October 2021. And despite the pandemic, they share how they survived their online teaching experience and provide insights into how online teaching practice was possible and how being flexible and being open to new experiences boosted their well-being. Enjoy this episode. Um, thank you, Aini and Sharon, um, for um, agreeing to join us for our first podcast at IPG Tun Abdul Razak campus. We thought at uh, Practicum Unit that this might be helpful uh, for the pre-service teachers, especially those who are graduating soon um, next semester. So we thought this platform will be very useful uh, for you as pre-service teachers who are going to graduate and going to be teachers soon. And hopefully the sharing, the stories that you share um, will be um, of use uh, when you start becoming a teacher or even now um, in your last semester. All right. Um, probably before we begin, um, 
Um, can both of you introduce yourself? Hello, I am Sharon Chin. I'm studying to be a teacher at Teacher Education Institute, Tunku Abdul Razak Campus in Sarawak, Malaysia. I'm majoring in early childhood education. And one very interesting thing about me is that I know how to play the saxophone. Wow, so you did. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay, um, that was one of my favorite uh, musical instrument. And hopefully I can learn from you, Sharon. It's very easy. One day, one day. Yes. Okay. Thanks, Sharon. Uh, Aini? Hello. I am Aini Amali. I am a student teacher at Teacher Education Institute, Tunku Abdul Razak Campus in Sarawak, Malaysia. I am majoring in early childhood education. And one interesting thing about me is that I know how to play sport, maybe four. I can play netball, I can play handball, I know a little bit of basketball and badminton. Wow, you're a sport, sporty kind of person. I'm glad that I know uh, someone like you and Malaysia and Sarawak is really fortunate to have a teacher like you in the future. In this episode, uh, we connecting to the series uh, team well-being as future teachers during the pandemic. Okay. Um, by talking about teaching virtually, or here in Malaysia, we call it um, online teaching practice. Okay, now, um, first of all, I'd like to congratulate two of you because two of you were among um, the first group um, in IPG Keta or in Malaysia uh, that went into um, online teaching practice. It has never been done before. Um, before this, as you all know, because of the pandemic. So two of you were among those first um, to, to do your teaching practice online, right? So I guess uh, that is something that I feel should be shared. Um, you know, how you feel, how was your teaching practice? Because it's the first one of a kind, right? So. Hopefully, in this um, podcast and this sharing, um, you will share with the rest how you did it and how you survived. Okay. And uh, I do know that um, both of you will be graduating soon, right? And um, this semester, you'll be doing your internship soon. And I believe that even though Malaysia is already open, I mean, the school has started operating and the students um, is back to school. I do believe that um, online teaching or teaching virtually is still relevant. You might not know when you are doing your internship the next two months, um, you might still have to do it online, right? Okay, right. Now, um, probably I would like to ask, um, because you did, both of you did your teaching practice um, for two phases. The first phase was with the uh, nursery or at the kindergarten three months isn't it yeah yes. okay and then the second phase was uh, that was the first phase was done fully um face to face yeah even though at that time in uh, march last year 2020 isn't it um yes. it was still pan it was the beginning of the yeah. pandemic yeah 2021 was it yeah yeah last year 2021 it was the beginning of the pandemic sorry yeah but but uh, we managed to do it on uh, fully face to face. 
um, mid-March until May. Now, the second one, the second teaching practice, um, what you did uh, was fully online, right? So that means you yeah. are teaching virtually, fully virtually um, with your with the students. And it was done at, um, where was it again, your teaching practice? Uh, not the nursery, but preschool, isn't it? Preschool. Preschool for another three months. Now, can you guys share with us, how do you do it? I mean, how was your teaching practice? It, because it's, it's done virtually. Probably, uh, Sharon? Well, the one word I could describe my whole three months experience of online learning is the word challenging. It was definitely so challenging. I didn't know what to expect. None, no one from our whole batch knew what to expect. So we came in completely um, blindfolded into the things that could happen or might happen. But it was definitely an experience. I learned to be even more in touch with ICT in a way. And I, yeah. knowing the generation of kids today, I'm pretty sure they are much more excited to learn through ICT. So I felt that this was also a chance for us to prove them that we can be just as interesting uh, when we give our lessons online. We give them another different perspectives into their learning that ICT can be incorporated into literally anything. So mm -hmm. even though it was challenging, it was definitely fun as well because I get to learn so many things and I'm sure I need also as well. And so that is what I could describe my three months experience. So it was challenging. And another thing is um, technology, fun. Yes. Yes. So how, how different was it? I mean, uh, because your first one, uh, was face to face, and the other one is fully online. I mean, what's the biggest difference that you feel between these two in terms of, um, yeah, um, your how you're prepared for it or not, you know, those kind of things? What's the big, biggest difference in terms of your emotion, how, how you accept it, and all that? Because the first one was face-to-face um, -face, and suddenly you have to shift to virtual teaching. I How think none of us was well prepared for this fully online teaching practice. Mm -hmm. And what we do, we just go with the flow and we learn by, by the time we learn how to adapt with our unusual situation, we try to ask our lecturers of what we should do, what we should not do. We try to contact our teacher, men teacher mentor what, of what they usually do at school. So from that, we learn from them of what they usually do for online teaching and we prepare ourselves. At first, uh, we do what they used to do and as time goes by, we slowly make something new. We slowly try new things with the school. So meaning you are open to anything that is, you know, in front of you. You just try one step at a time. 
Yeah. Is it something like that, Aini? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And is that how you survive throughout that um, uh, pandemic, you know, throughout your teaching practice, teaching virtually? You take one step. I think, yes, take one step at a time. I, I didn't just go without any plan. Okay. No. Talking about prepared and not prepared, you're saying that mostly not prepared, right? So, yes. I mean, I, at the practicum unit, I myself wasn't prepared, you know, because um, at that time, um, we wouldn't know, we didn't know whether we're going to do um, online learning, right? Online teaching or not. Is it until at the last minute, isn't it? Yes. Because everybody yeah. was like hopeful. The, even the Ministry of Education was hopeful that the school will be reopened. Now, how prepared were you? I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe you can elaborate on that. How prepared or not prepared were you? How do you, I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't say that I am well prepared because there is there was still hope that the school is going to reopen. But when we got the result that we have to do our teaching practice online, I think all of us are very disappointed, but we just <laughs> decided to face it. We, we just start to research some things of what uh, other teachers always do. We Google it. We talk to our seniors because they have been teaching online too at school right, right now. So I think that it wasn't easy. Mm -hmm. And but we still managed to finish our teaching online, teaching okay. practice online. How do you feel, Aini, um, when you have to do something that you're not used to, when when you know, when you have to do this online? At first, I didn't take it very well because I think that it was very hectic at first because. I didn't know how to teach it online and I have never done it before, but I try to be positive. I try to see it in a different way because this pandemic, we didn't know when it will over. Mm -hmm. So I just have to face it. I keep doing it. I try my best to do the online classes. I try my best to understand my my students i try my best to always to always keep in mind that mm -hmm. teaching online is not something that is very hard once you okay. get through it you will love it okay that's good good to hear that uh, what about you uh, sharon i mean do you reach out to anyone or you know how how were you prepared for this uh, because I, I do know that a particular unit like us, um, we gave you all uh, one day, what do you call that, a uh, training um, by head of our digital unit, um, Mr. Lee, right? I remember. And then he, he showed you how to, he showed all of you how to, you know, utilize those digital tools and all that. Yeah. So, but what about in reality, uh, Sharon? Um, how prepared were you? In reality, I wasn't prepared. Um, but I have to say that I am very thankful that I have at least a little bit of experience with 
let's say YouTube and making my own videos thanks to well all these things that all the assignments we've done before which um in some way have um asked us to do things through ICT lah basically so um so I was very thankful for that so I tried my best to 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 incorporate it more into what into what I teach the kids because during that time there weren't a lot of people we can go to to ask for help we couldn't really ask the lecturers here because they themselves have never experienced it right. firsthand isn't it yes. right yes so so the only people that we can actually talk to are our own friends the people that are experiencing experiencing mm-hmm. themselves and the teachers at the school itself mm-hmm. so so we end up I will for me especially I end up googling like searching on YouTube how do these people actually have been uh, giving out lessons online and then I realized that it's not actually a new thing people has actually been making videos for kids be it yeah. whether they're actually teachers or just random YouTubers who are just making videos for fun so from there I learned that it's not actually um a a new thing new yeah correct yeah, it's not it's not mm-hmm. actually new it's something mm-hmm. that we could actually learn from if we just look it up you know so i decided to use that into my advantage and try to make my own videos just as how they did it on youtube so i think yeah. that's how i handled it lah that's good that you try to reach out um to your friends um at least and you know that you're not alone so yes. you work together Uh, with your friends and at the same time lecturers even myself we are all learning at the same time yeah so we are like trying to reach out to each other how do you do this how do you do that you know but that's good i mean um, not to just keep to yourself yeah. okay and uh, now I, two of you uh majoring in early childhood education now to teach virtually for uh, small kids preschool students okay preschool children Um, I think it's not easy. So how do you do it? I mean, these kids—they are—they are young kids, and do they know how to to use the technology at that age? Um, how do you teach them? I mean, because they are not like adults. Even we are not really, you know, good in technology. And how do you able to get them into your virtual teaching? Uh, platform because we are using Google Meet, isn't it? You are using Google Meet, right? At school, everybody is using Google Meet. Yeah, how do you get them into the class? How do you get them come to class? Yeah, maybe Aini first. Um, so for my class, what I did was, uh, I tried to make the Google Meet session as our real, real class. I try to make them feel like they are at the real classroom. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I always engage with them. I always ask them questions where they would get to answer. And uh, there will also be their mothers or their parents beside them uh, to monitor them when, whenever they need to unmute or whenever they need to mute their microphone, whenever they need to answer some question. So... I try to always make the learning time such as uh, I 
make them interact with me more. I try to always uh, attract their focus because as we all know, when we are doing online classes, it was very hard for children to focus, especially mm -hmm. for a long yes. time. So what, yeah. so what I did was I tried to always ask questions in between of when I was teaching. So from, from that, they will start to focus to know what question that teacher will ask. They will start to feel eager to, to answer my question and they will also mm -hmm. take part whenever I do some interactive activities such as doing a puppet or sing songs or dance together, even though we are doing it online virtually. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, so the parents attended the class while yes. um, the children also attending your class. Does that mean they you have the class at night or during the day? Because since the parents have to join the class. No, we, we actually have our timetable from the for the mm -hmm. school. So we mm -hmm. follow the timetable for mm -hmm. for my class. It usually starts at 8, 8 a.m. until 9 a.m. Uh, we usually do a one hour online session because we cannot do more mm -hmm. as they are only little, so they cannot focus more than one hour for yes. online session. Okay. Okay, all right. So that means parents have to know um, the timetable, and even if it's daytime, the parents are able to attend together yes. with the student. Oh, that that's good. So how many students are there in uh, in the session? Did all of them turn up? For oh, I think there was one day where I get twenty two of my students oh. in my Google Meet session. Wow. Yeah, that was. The most students that I got. All right, so that means they don't they they have access to the internet. Yes, they uh yes they have access to the internet and that's good to hear. What about you, Sharon? Is that the same case um for you for in terms of attendance of these little kids? Um, it's not half as great as Aini's experience because mm -hmm. um, in terms of location, I think my school is a bit further than Aini's. In, like, mm -hmm. So uh, it was very difficult because we also needed to consider the parents. Most of the parents um, mm. were working every time we wanted to do the class. So we considered times uh, like we decided to have a sort of Google form, like a voting system where we ask the parents directly what time was best for them, what mm -hmm. time can they do it, because this whole thing has, has to be involved with the parents, because the children couldn't possibly have their own um, telephones yeah. to, you know, get in touch with us. So once we get that out of the way, we, uh, the, the children, uh, they themselves know what to do when they're in class because I tried to make my lesson just as how I need it as much as similar as it is uh, in the physical classes. We talk, I ask them questions, they respond. So I try to make it as lively as, as possible so that they understand that just because it's online, this experience is not any different. It's just that they see their teacher through a screen and that's 
that's as far as the difference that I want them to feel. So oh. yes. Okay, in terms so, of attendance, mm -hmm, right? Um, yeah. Season, right. In terms of attendance, I don't get as many because of um maybe their personal problems as in um they don't have the time to be with their kids at the at at what at the time I've set for them. So I it's not much of a problem because I've always made sure that the kids weren't able to join us are always equipped with videos that I've already sent out to them beforehand of the same lessons. Ah, okay. Alright. So the videos were done by you. I mean how do you do it? I mean, what what type of can you elaborate more about the videos for those who are not able to join uh, you online? Yeah, so the videos were were a bit silly because it's basically me talking to the screen oh, okay. as if there are people watching me. That's how I oh, okay. I interpreted it lah. Like um, I I just imagine that the kids feeling. <laughs> it is very weird, especially when I'm recording it alone in my room. Okay, <laughs> but I felt that it was very necessary to have those kinds of videos. Set sent out to the kids so at least they're not left out at least they feel involved yes it's, i think it's very important so you did a survey first um about um you know the suitable time for the parents yeah. um, to attend a class with the kids and then um those who are not able to join the class online at the particular time yeah. you recorded it um yes. yeah that, that sounds do you do you have problem the same problem i need where you have to do a recording or everything went smoothly for you? Uh, no, of course I have to do okay. an offline recording just like That's that. So that means even though most of your students, uh, of your children attended the class, you still have to do another video. That's a yes. lot of work. Yeah. A lot of work. Oh. So how do you manage your time? I mean, there's a lot of, it's very time consuming because you have to prepare for the face-to-face -face learning. I mean, uh, you have to prepare a lot, isn't it? Yes. I For me, I have to prepare two videos every week and a module every mm -hmm. single week, a different module for every week. So what I did was I always try to finish my module and my videos for every weekend so that whenever weekend is over, I have to Time to prepare mm -hmm. for my teaching only and for, for managing my time I always keep my work on track I always make a checklist and plan of what I had to do first what I have to finish first so from that I I think checklists have always made me I always made my time okay all right Okay, that's good to hear um, because I know life as a teacher is not easy and then you have to do something virtually is another headache, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. How, how did the other teachers in the school corp, do they have to do the same? Do they experiencing the same or doing the same thing like you? How do you communicate with them? How do you communicate with them? I mean, your teacher mentor, was it possible I mean, to get to know them, were you able to see them um, before you started your, your practical training for the second one, the second uh, teaching practice? 
before you started your teaching practice? Well, before I actually started teaching, mm-hmm. I made sure to to at least see her face once, <laughs> the oh, so teacher you, mentor. So, so you yeah, met? Huh? Yeah, um, I met through a video call. Oh, still yes. online. You have yes. to. Okay, not face to face. No. Because, face yeah, face. we were not allowed, isn't it? That was, yeah, we weren't allowed. Uh, really. Okay, all right. Okay. So, how, how was it? How do you communicate with them? Is it easy to work uh, with the teacher mentor online? Do you feel that you have got, uh, you get as much learning and you know, information that uh, you have compared to when you doing your first teaching practice where you can do it face-to-face? I mean, the amount of learning that you learn from these teacher mentors, um, was it as much as or less? Yeah, what do you think, Sharon? I, I have to be brutally honest and say that I learned less ways of teaching mm-hmm. when it's online because mm-hmm. she, she wasn't able to help me mm-hmm. physically mm-hmm. And, and her being an older woman, an older teacher, she ah, don't okay. have as, as much um, experience with technology herself, okay. All right. which I totally understand and it's not her fault in any way. Mm-hmm. So I felt that there was more burden onto my shoulders to give these kids an ex- a, 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 a better experience mm-hmm. during the time I had with them. Okay. So, But one thing I, I absolutely like about my mentor was that because she don't know as much to help me, she definitely learned from me. Mm-hmm. She she asked me how did I do this how did I do that and then I I oh, felt very she learned from you yes instead <laughs> she learned from me which I felt was very That's good I mean at yeah. least yeah okay which was very touching and I felt very confident for the kids in that school that when I leave it's in good hands mm-hmm. <laughs> yes so being able to teach others uh, I mean sometimes can boost our confidence isn't it that you are able to, you know, uh, teach others when in fact they're supposed to teach you, but instead you yeah. teach them, you are, the, you are leading them. I'm very happy to hear that um, we may, you guys are making a big impact on the school. And not only you are learning, but also you are also, you know, sharing your knowledge and experiences with the other teachers in the school. Okay, what about you, Aini? Um, how was it with your teacher mentor? Mm, even though we, even though the school was not allowed to open, but they they still allow teachers to go to school. So every every two weeks, once every two weeks, we will always meet up at the preschool uh-huh. with my teacher mentor, and face we will face. always do yeah. I mean, we meet will, up face to face. All right. Yeah, we will meet up face to face, and we will do our reflection together. She will point out what we are doing good or, and what we need to improve on. She will always ask what we need, what we, we still want to learn. So I think she really had teach us the best. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. Now, um, one last question about this. Um, now, how do you manage the classroom? Because preschool students, they are very chatty, right? Being kids. Um, how do you manage the classroom? I mean, 
it's they, they always talk and then you know google meet you have to mute them so instead of because when it comes to real teaching teaching and learning there need to be participation from the children isn't it but now they're using google meet instead of encouraging them motivating them to speak we muted them so what, what's your opinion on this um yeah how do you manage your classroom and you know how, how is it <laughs> One of you who would like to begin first? <laughs> uh, how I manage my classroom is that I made a rule where, where my kids will only talk when I, I say their name or whenever uh, we have a Q&A session. So okay. we will start to vote for which name will go first. And the first name that pop up will have to talk or share anything yeah. that they have in mind. Mm -hmm. So it's still almost the same like a physical classroom, yeah. isn't it? Yes. Mm. yes. Okay. It's just that we're doing it virtually. Okay, what about you, Sharon? Um, what I like to do with the kids is that um, these kids, they're very predictable. They're only, they're only noisy because everyone else is noisy. I think it's like that. So when they're being too noisy, what I like to do is to just keep quiet. And then slowly they're like, Hmm. what happened to the teacher and then they stop talking and I'll ah. say that okay good now that everybody's listening then I continue so I ah. the the more I do that the more they realize like oh I wasn't supposed to talk that time so yes I think you know through conditioning we can help them to learn these things are are like habits you know they have to to learn so yes <laughs> so I did a reverse psychology on them then yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's sometimes what my teacher used to, you know, do. She just keep quiet and then once everybody's quiet, then she started the lesson. Yeah, yeah. it's more or less the same, but you are applying it in a virtual yes. manner. Okay, so, okay, now, um, I guess uh, we come to the end of this episode. So, we would like you to share um, some practical and proactive well-being strategies uh, with the rest. So, because we have been talking about teaching virtually, right, um, or online teaching practice. So, um, probably you would like to share um, about any strategies that you have been trying or that, or that you have tried during your teaching practice or a strategy that you have seen somebody else doing it, but it's useful uh, for the well-being of, you know, of, of us here um, to be shared. Yeah. Um, maybe one of you would like to start first. Aini, Sharon. Oh, what what we what me and my practical mate always do is that we always exchange ideas together. So my teacher mentor always taught us to always always lean on each other, never be alone, never think that you are doing this alone. So when we always exchange ideas together, I feel that. I am not alone and I can do this because I have someone who has my back. So we always brainstorm ideas together. Whenever I feel like my activity is boring, I will always ask my practical mate for suggestions, for ideas. And we always share what we found, some interesting new online, whether we found something new on YouTube or even on TikTok. So we will always share what 
what's new and what we want to explore together, what we want to try something new together. For example, there was one time when we made a TikTok challenge online together. So I think that was very meaningful because my students have never done TikTok before. So uh -huh. when they participated it, I feel like they are very, very helpful to, to me because they have helped me to do my team practice online successfully. Well, that's good. Uh, exchanging ideas. Um, I'm happy that you are able to reach out to your friends and others uh, that you know you're not alone and that others are also having the same problem and not shy to ask and all that. Um, brainstorming ideas and all that. that that's a very good uh, step yeah, to, to go through to survive this uh, teaching practice online. Okay. And um, hopefully, while you're lucky, probably you have friends. But what about those who don't have friends? And, you know, what's your opinion on this? If, let's say, they don't have people like what you have, you know, do you think they are able to carry on? How do you think they can cope? What's I think, yeah. Because I you have some, somebody to rely on and you're the type that, you know, uh, approaching others, you know. But there are people who are just in their own world and, you know, not so, yeah, they don't go out and ask. Well, what's your feedback on this? I think they have to start enjoy their work whenever they are doing it because once you've, you start to enjoy your work, you will not let stress get you. So what I mean was, well, you can always enjoy your work even when you're doing your lesson plan, you can always be happy. What I mean was, what I did was, I try to enjoy my work while watching something that makes me feel happy. So I will watch a K-drama while I'm doing my lesson plan because sometimes I will feel oh like, God. this is suffocating, this is killing me. <laughs> I, I need to to feel happy about this. So I will always find something that will make me laugh, something that will make me feel happy and not stress over it. Yeah, oh, I, I like that. Very helpful. K-drama, yes. But too much K-drama, <laughs> you won't be able to finish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that because I did that too. And uh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, you know, sometimes when you're stressed up, you know, you have to watch something that you really like, isn't it? Okay, yeah. good. We're the same wavelength, I need. Okay, Sharon? <laughs> What about you? Any strategies that you have done during your teaching practice, teaching virtually, and you feel like you want to share with uh, the rest of us here, and um, or probably somebody else that you that you know, uh, you know, they have strategies that you would like to share. Right. So one thing that I think is a good advice is to always ask yourself what is actually making you stress. Then you ask yourself and then you find out that, oh, maybe the reason is time. I don't have time for myself. I'm spending too much time on this and I don't feel happy at all. So instead, if that is the reason, then, uh, then, we should, then you should start managing your time well. So I believe time, goes, uh, time is going to affect a lot of things, especially during that three months we had. Every week of that three months, we had to prepare two videos. We had to prepare their homework. It was just a lot of work. So as, mm. as long as you have free time, get it done and over with. 
as fast <laughs> as you can and then you will have as much time for yourself. And so I believe that it's very important to think firstly about yourself, you know. And then another thing that I, I think is a great strategy is from what I learned on YouTube is to always get the kids involved in everything. When you make a class on Google Meet, make sure to treat them as your students. I know sometimes teachers like to, to, to pass whatever they need to do on that day as fast as they can and they forget that the kids are actually there to learn, right? So when we do that, so make sure that they're actually listening, make sure they're actually involved. And, the, and one way we can do this is to always ask them questions. So do you understand kids? What do you understand? And like get them to talk and tell their side of the story or what they understood from what you just taught them. So I think that is a good strategy as well, especially now during online learning, when we can't see them physically, whether they understand it or not. So it's also a good way to get them more verbal, isn't it? So I think that is a, a good, two of the strategies that I would advise to my fellow pre-training teachers. Okay, thank you very much. It's a good reminder. Yes, time management is really important. I mean, I can't imagine you guys have to prepare two videos every week. You know, last time only filmmaker do that, make videos. Not, <laughs> but now teachers can come up with two videos in one week. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you can create your own video. So how amazing you guys are. All right, so you have learned a lot um, from this session. And um, so, okay, so the Teacher Supporting Podcast loves to inspire those who listen. So um, I would like you guys to share one last tip for, for those out there uh, so that they feel motivated, okay? So probably who would like to begin first? Share with us your one last tip with the, with the rest. Idea you want to go first? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, my one last tip for all of you is that Always, always remember that your mental health matters. Don't don't let stress get you. It's very it is very important to ensure that we have a stable mental health when we are doing work, so that we will be happy. We will feel content. We will appreciate what what we have done, so that we will not be too hard on ourselves, and we will at least enjoy our teaching practice online and it will be meaningful. I believe that once you have go, go through it, you will feel like it's worth it. Okay. All right. Thank you. That means um, besides being burdened with your teaching practice, um, mental health matters and you do something that make yourself happy like what you did, UK drama and then earlier on you also did share with me about doing something that you like the most like rewarding yourself right yeah um, yeah you, you shared with that before with me so that's really good and uh, what about you Sharon one last tip uh, one tip that I would give to all of you is to never be shy in this profession um, I know that there are a lot of things that you think lowly about yourself sometimes especially as females, we have those days where we think everything is falling apart. But remember this, people think more about themselves than they do of you. So just do your thing, do what is right, and just go all out, especially if you are, if you are 
thinking of the kids. Just think about the kids. Think about what they want, what they need, and by the end of it, you will give out a very quality learning experience. That's my take. Okay, thank you. Uh, thank you, Sharon. Okay. Meaning, um, putting your priority to the needs of the children, so that you can have a quality teaching. Yeah. Okay, so I guess uh, that's all from all of us. And thank you for connecting with us. Um, we have enjoyed listening to your sharing, uh, Aini and Sharon, uh, for our team today that is uh, teaching virtually and some of the practical tips that you have shared with us. Okay, so I guess that's all from us. Bye, everyone. See you all. Bye. love for you to take a moment to share your thoughts on social media and you can do this with the hashtag teachers supporting teachers to access this episode's notes as well as other episodes and resources feel free to connect on the web at www.exploreandcreateco.com thank you to magnus mooney for the music and thank you to my colleagues and guests who are a part of series six especially in this episode to Susan, Sharon and Aini. And in this episode, we've really embraced hearing insights of becoming an early years teacher during the pandemic. And we've been invited to reflect on the questions of what does hope or optimism look like? How do you help one another when dealing with something so new? How do you draw on your resources to help you as a teacher? And what is possible when you do try something new with your pedagogy?